Roses are red, recruiting chips are blue, signing day was decent, but some running backs said, F you. You're listening to Can't Read, Can't Write. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Can't Read, Can't Write, the podcast that proves Spartans can talk. I'm Mike Jones, joined by the guy who puts average in average recruit ranking, Kevin Greck, and his most apt cold open to date, the man who's the pod's preferred walk-on, Alex Plum. Come on, NIL money. Throw it to me. Uh, We're all waiting on it. Uh. (laughs) Gentlemen, uh, a Merry Christmas to you. Happy Holidays. And uh, we probably won't talk until after the New Year. So Happy New Year. Uh, how is everyone doing? Ho, ho, ho. Yeah. Very, very festive over here. Full of nog. So much nog. It's just <laughs> dripping with nog over here. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm dripping with a... We're getting back. Devotees will recall... Uh, hold on. We can, we can do it for the microphone. Devotees will recall this noise. <laughs> That's the sound of a Scotch episode. Uh, I'm sipping on a Brooklotti Port Charlotte heavily peated tenure and uh, feel really, really good about it. What a guy. I'm I'm sort of jealous. I might have to sneak downstairs at some point in time and pull out the log of Ulan to just join you. Join me, Jonesy. Join maybe me. I'll, we'll, maybe I'll do that in lieu of the Foggy Mountain Bonfire from uh, listener Mike Jones that I was going to drink. Oh, good. First off, good. Well done. Way to sneak that in there. Mm-hmm. Second off, maybe we can just send Plum on a minute of hate and you can scamper mm-hmm. on down, scamper right back up. Yes. It should be easy to find. I'm also sipping on a little uh, rye, a little, uh, what is this? Um, Pop bullet. Pops cough syrup? Just bullet. Just bullet. It's good though. Yeah, Bullet Rye is great. Love Bullet Rye. Well, thank you, everyone, of course, for listening. Uh, Please, as always, we ask, share the pod with Spartans in your life. Rate, review, subscribe wherever you get podcasts. And, of course, follow us on Twitter or Instagram, at SpartanersquarePod. You can certainly slide into the DMs. uh, And then, uh, you know, we'll chat from there. Uh, Gentlemen, uh, Greg, what is the structure of this week's show? Well, this structure uh, resembles all our previous structures. We start (laughs) on the green wall where football always leads. We're going to talk about the the new signing class for 2023, all of the new additions to the Spartan football team. Then we'll talk a little bit about the basketball team. They played Oakland and Rocket Watts, don't you know? And then we'll go off Grand River, where there's been some developments in the wider world of sport that are relevant to our listenership. We'll uh, get a word from not a sponsor. We'll do a little preview. We'll get a word from a sponsor. And then we'll take those Twitter questions. All right. Let's let's head uh, into uh, chatting about recruiting. So... um, we're going to do things a little bit different than we've done in the past. So in lieu of just talking about every kid on the roster, we're going to try and talk about some broader themes. Uh, but signing day, let's start from sort of uh, some foundational aspects. Uh, MSU on 24-7 has the 19th rated class in terms of average recruiting ranking, 20th in composite. 
uh, average recruiting ranking 22nd overall on on three with 60% of the class being considered a blue chip recruit. Number three class in the transfer portal via on three. Um, how uh, let's do it just a, a vibe check. Yeah. Letters came in. Where are we at? So we talked a lot about this over the summer. Everyone will remember. One of the things that we took our lots on was where this would end up. And I think two things have to happen here. One, we have to acknowledge that 19th may be not exactly where we were looking for at that time. We were thinking sort of like low teens, maybe, maybe even top 10. That didn't happen. But at the same time, I, in particular, do need to have some crow, a big old Christmas plate of it, because I was skeptical about some of the late additions to this class, but there have been a couple doozies, a few doozies that have come in this week at the last moment that really sort of, I don't know, you know, did a little whoop, you know, brought us right back around. So uh, I'm happy. I'm, I'm excited about this class overall. Uh, this is, you know, one of those classes that's sort of like in that 2016 type range in terms of the measurables, hopefully in that like 2010 range in terms of the impact on the field. But overall, this is a, a good foundation of a class. Plum, what do you think? Uh, I looked that, you know, initially I thought, oh, 19th, that's great. I mean, there's a lot of teams that play college football. 19th is one always hopes their teams in the top 25, right? Each week for rankings. Um, I don't know. It's, uh, I kind of have been a naysayer the last few months, months, years, <laughs> years always is, I don't know. Definitely. <laughs> I wasn't going to say weeks. Trust me there. Uh, so I, <laughs> I want to remain optimistic. Uh, I still maintain, and I think I said this last week, that this has got to be where Tucker shows us why he's getting paid the way he's getting paid. I think he's made some significant progress in a couple areas, uh, which we'll talk about when we get into the position groups. I'm struck by the fact that we're able to land some of these guys in preferred walk-on slots that are giving up scholarships at other schools to come here. I think that does say something about culture, which is optimistic. And obviously, I think in many ways, backstops the fact that we have a, an NIL program that's clearly functioning. Otherwise, I don't know um, the, the mental calculus that goes on there. But uh, when it comes to running backs, particularly linebackers, I'm I'm not sure we're going to be in the position that we need to be in to be competitive still in the way that we expect our team to be in the Big Ten. So um, some progress. You say it's a good foundation. Okay. I'll agree with that. What do you got, John C? Yeah. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I so... Interestingly, by composite rank, um, the class actually regressed a little bit um, from what it was last year. Um, in the, if we're looking at just 24-7's rankings, we moved up about five spots nationally. Um, but it is, you know, the, uh, there's, it is undeniable that we added... Um, as many four stars as we did in the 2016 class, that was a, a re, you know, a, we thought was MSU turning a corner towards uh, a sustainable Oops. <laughs> national program. Uh, but, you know, you are at this point in time stacking the, uh, the number of hopefully high level elite talent um, that, that, you know, 
many of those guys end up becoming impact big 10 players. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it is worth remembering though, that as we, as we kind of walk through some of these players, as we talk sort of through themes, not all of these guys are going to pan out. If two thirds Mm -hmm. of them pan out, that's good. That like, that's really good. And so, you know, that's why the, the, the quantity of four stars and five stars becomes an important number because you're obviously hoping that, that those dudes are the ones who pan out. And, Mm -hmm. and so, you know, if we're at nine, four stars and six of them uh, end up being big time contributors, that's really good. Uh, So I think one of my themes and we can kind of walk through was that the class was really heavy in four position groups and I think those are all position groups of sustained need for what we want to see out of the program. So those positions are offensive line, defensive line, cornerback, and tight end. Um, a lot of tight ends. Big, lot of tight all-time ends. tightest of ends mm. class. Uh, so what group do we want to start with? Uh, someone want to talk about? Dude, I think we start with the lines because yeah. is dull as spectacularly dull as it is to talk about offense and defensive line. This is where the games are won, really, right? Yeah, ask Georgia. Like, so yeah, so and it's you know the offensive line this year was MSU has had rough offensive lines over the years and rough uh luck with injury and those types of things but this one in particular was uh was really bad so let's talk about the additions to the offensive line before we do that we should put a word out for the losses horst gone uh after he played all six games over two years uh green uh are out so we've got additions from uh two four-star uh linemen out of out of high schools uh stanton ramil ramil Rammel, I think. Rammel. Rammel Dammel. Who is just, because uh, people may not know the size differential, but he's a giant boy. Uh, he makes Kevin look small. Ooh. He's 6'7", 310. Um, this is one that I was kind of surprised. That it was just like smooth sailing throughout the... It, a lot of people came for him at the end, too. I was expecting to hear stuff. I was expecting stuff to happen. Nothing. It was just boom. He committed. That was that. He signed. Um, Out very, of Alabama. Very big, very big pickup. Uh, Cole Dellinger, also four star. Uh, and then the number one uh, junior college offensive line prospect and number four junior college overall prospect, uh, Keyshawn Blackstock. So three massive additions, both literally and figuratively. <laughs> to the offensive line in this class, including Blackstock, who is 20 at this point. Uh, yeah, with so, with playing at not a joke level. I, I mean, it's, you know, you can say, oh, it's Juco, but he played at a very good Juco program. Yeah. So you expect him to kind of pop in immediately, where, you know, Stanton, great name, by the way, and Cole <laughs> Dellinger, maybe not immediately contributing, but you would expect... Keyshawn Blackstock to hit the depth chart day one, you know, as soon as possible. 
Yeah, he's listed as an interior offensive lineman. Um, and at 6'5", 315, he's kind of a tweener in terms of, you know, he may push for a right tackle spot on this line, mm-hmm. uh, pushing, I believe, Spencer Brown there. Um, or he could just plug in, depending on the development of, of other guys, into one of the guard spots. Um but yeah, day one contributor, I believe I'm looking for, I lost the outline. Uh, all three offensive linemen are also early enrollees. Um, for, for those who don't know, that means they're going to, they're going to come like in a week to MSU and you'll see a lot of tight ends, a lot of offensive linemen, uh, because they need time to physically develop. So they want to get them in the weight room as soon as possible. Very nice. Very nice. So big, big, big additions there. Um, do we want to go to defensive line or do we want to talk about the offensive line position group generally before we do that, before we move on? Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. We said who's who's leaving. We saw uh, we saw Baldwin play this past year at left tackle, took over for yep. Horst. Um, we saw Gino Vandemark play at I believe right guard um and looked fine yeah like didn't look lost out there I think our run game improved actually when he started getting a little bit more run and then I think the other one to look at is Aston Lepo who Lepo. was yeah from last, last year last, yeah year. last year's class yeah. uh so I think for O-line we're hitting the point where it's um we have enough dudes on the roster like that's been a problem too for MSU is not, I mean, you'll remember what was yeah. this past year, this spring, we, d- we were so ravaged by injury that we didn't even have an offensive line for practice for practice. Yeah. Um, Talking about practice. Uh, let's go to defensive line then other side of the ball. So uh, defensive line, obviously an area that we need, you know, just edge <laughs> rushers. Every program in the country needs ed rusher edge, edge rushers. This is a program coached by BT Jordan. He's got a lot of heat at the moment. And I would say that that man <laughs> deserves a raise because like <laughs> dude delivered. Um, so we're picking up two top 150 edge rushers in the class. Um, and we're bringing in Ken Talley to transfer from, from Penn State. So a lot coming in. And a huge addition, probably the biggest win that the program saw from the uh, transfer portal. Jonesy, do you want to fill us in on the gentleman coming from Texas A&M? Yeah, though I will just also plug, because he's a local kid and I don't want to sleep on him, Jalen Thompson, who's a top 225 defensive end. Um, So more great talent there. But yeah, uh, it is... uh, Tumisi Adelaide, uh, the Texas A&M transfer, who was a five-star coming out of high school. Uh, he's a He just finished his redshirt freshman year and I believe only played two games at Texas A&M before sustaining an injury. Um, 6'4", 300 pounds. Uh, he's going to be a defensive tackle almost certainly unless they have him lose weight, though. Um, real athletic kid like elite yeah. athlete kind of kid so, that can set the edge and eat the middle you might say y- yes <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
The way you said that, though, <laughs> really. Just, I know. I like he's just lying in wait. Just I'm waiting. calling my HR representative <laughs> about <laughs> that is both football but sounds filthy. <laughs> just can snack on that middle. <laughs> so, so of of the high school guys coming in, three of the top four: by Job, Andrew, De Pepe. De Pepe de Andrew, de Pepe, de Pepe. I, a problem with recruiting is I spent a lot of time reading these names and I never say them out loud until you don't have this to. moment. That's right. That's right. And then of course, Jalen Tom, uh, Thompson, like Jonesy, you just outlined. Those are three of the top four in the class Huge. overall. Yeah. Yeah. And then you All add the, the five-star transfer. And yep. then we didn't also mention Dre Butler, a transfer from Liberty but before that was at Auburn, just got done playing in a bowl game. He's like 6'5", 300 pounds, uh, and uh, also a four-star prospect coming out of high school. I mean, like, that's they got dudes up there. Yep. Um, whether they all pan, TBD, but they upgraded size for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and now BT Jordan needs to make the back half of his paycheck, right? on on development so which is where he has truthfully the most proven track record but yeah. know, we need to see that in practice so yeah the recruiting is relatively new like yeah uh, and he's crushing it <laughs> unless you're talking about the recruiting of all of that nfl talent coming to east lansing in february <laughs> right. which is its own recruiting job yeah uh so i the the reality is with this group we're probably going to see some of them, particularly on the edge, maybe getting a bit of traction. Um, but you're bringing back Bogle, Brandon Wright, uh, Zion Young, uh, Piotrowski, and Avery Dunn. It's fine. It, you know, that's what we did last year. And when when Wright and Young weren't suspended, uh, I think it was okay. Piotrowski suffered a lot of injuries. Bogle also injuries. I mean, folks will remember we had D tackles playing defensive end at the end of the year. Mm -hmm. So we have some okay guys coming back, but let's not pretend that these aren't, these guys aren't going to get a crack too. And Ken Talley now will have had a year in the strength and conditioning program um, to, to maybe get his, you know, a four-star prospect in his own right. Um, Oh, and actually he wasn't listed by the way on when we were tallying up the, no pun intended. Mm-hmm. Tally. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, D tackle though. Uh, Harmon's coming. Derek Harmon's coming back. Simeon Barrow's coming back. Uh, we, you hope that Van Sumeren takes another step um, at D tackle, uh, and then Tumise Adelaide. Uh, maybe he he gets some run as well. So that's probably your too deep for your is, defensive tackle. Is Tate Tate Brown coming back? Do we know? He should be. It's a bit of a question mark where he lines up. Uh, and with the injury and the suspension, it just hasn't cracked the field yet. Mm-hmm. And and that's why you go back also a four-star prospect, right? Right, right. That's you go back to the how many of these guys pan out. Obviously, hope that he's one of them, but... Um, Remains to be seen. Yeah. yeah. He'll always have the all-name team. That's it. If nothing else. Yep, that's that's big. We're next. Uh, 
Plum, what do you want to talk about next? What's a good position group? Oh, the wide receivers. They go wide and they receive from down yeah. deep. Okay. Uh, so we took uh, two. Am I? I don't want to be wrong on this. Um, yeah, two, two, two and a half. We'll call it. Um, so Jalen Smith and Isaiah Johnson. Uh, Isaiah's out of. Um, we talked about last week out of Virginia. Jalen Smith is someone um, that I'll reiterate that uh, Will Hunter called out and seems to have a nice eye for talent because he was also an early adopter on K9. Um, that biggest discrepancy between offer list and talent level. Mm. And his offer list is weird. It's Beautiful. all Ivies plus Minnesota. Plus yeah. Lehigh and Idaho State. I mean, it's really good. Uh, but Will is it did flag like he that he seemed to think that PJ Fleck, who has a good eye for for wide receivers and, and definitely does, thought he had stolen himself a good one here. Um, that the the film shows real wide receiver talent. Um, so that this class I think is a really important, uh, these are both three star guys. Greg was poo-pooing as, as maybe plugs, but we have an okay wide receiver room as is. Already, yeah. So, it, you know, let's not forget, you know, Antonio Gates Jr., four-star, right? Tyrell Henry had some elite speed. It was kick returning last year. Like, we got some good, and, you know, Keon Coleman's coming back. Trey Mosley's coming back. Unfortunately, Jeremy Bernard is not, but we mm, need to I expect that we go whale hunting next year mm-hmm. at the wide receiver room, but these are not bad foundational pieces. These are maybe taking a flyer, but like maybe hit a Felton Davis. Is know? it, is it as Johnson Oz Johnson? It's what Isaiah, is it? Isaiah. Uh, oh. but, it, but it goes by AZ, I believe. He's um, uh, the other half is the Jalen Barberin who played slot receiver and then moved over to running back and has that real elite speed. Um, so, um, can we talk about cornerback though? Because sure. I think, please, we all know the secondary has been bad. Um, you just say that because you've looked at the numbers. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I watched the games. You just say that because you hate Ross Ells more than Ross Ells hates Ross Ells. Plum is holding scissors now. Uh, <laughs> and that's not even the position group that Ross Ellis coaches. It doesn't have to make sense oh, because he's holding teams. Yeah, scissors. No, <laughs> and the nickelback, oh, uh, in fairness. Uh, <laughs> uh, but if you want to criticize coaches, this he's is the, the one that we criticized right after Ross Ellis, unfortunately. That's true, too. But uh, go on. Sorry, I'm still in your thunder. Sean Brown. Yeah. So, well, there's, there's three guys that we pick up at cornerback for this class. Uh, it is... Um, Chance Rucker, um, who is a four star in some services, uh, Eddie Pleasant and Sean Brown. So Sean Brown is, I think a really interesting and potentially underrated prospect at six three one ninety five. That's a big boy to play corner, uh, has pretty great speed and I forget who talked about it. So he was an Arizona commit that we, we flipped, but at the end of his recruitment, he was taking pictures with like the entire defensive staff from Arizona. 
which tells me he was a high value target for them. For, for uh, the Arizona. Okay. Well, you know, say what you will, but Tucker also seemed legitimately excited to have landed that commit. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chance Rucker will be a early enrollee. Uh, so you hope that that means he's expected to be a contributed earlier on. Plum, what are you cutting while I'm talking? Darius Rucker's nephew, I think, right? From Hootie and the Blowfish? Yeah, but back to what you're cutting while I'm talking. It's interesting that that made it onto the microphone. There's so much that it filters out. <laughs> are you Christmas wrapping presents? Because it you're late. C- CVS coupons. CVS coupons. It's real, by the way. It's not a joke. He produced it on our $18 internal dollar off. He showed it coupon. to us. That is going to go to die in his wallet because they all expire in four days. uh, Yes, three. But yes, well, you're not going back in that time. My God, what what are you even going to get from CVS for four dollars off? Everything's marked up four dollars at CVS. Lactaid, gentlemen. Lactaid. That's the lactaid place for you. Sure is. Why don't you just go to a grocery store for that? Yeah, it's true. But CVS is so. So good. They don't sell tobacco. Gotta love that about a CVS. Yes, but they also own an insurance company. So there's that. Um, well, or does Aetna own them? I can't remember what the order know, C- of operations. It's CVS. All right. Very good. Very good. Very good. Glad we took this detour. Anyway, I'm... I think we all learned something. Uh, I'm excited Mostly about this cornerback class. clipping coupons during the podcast. So... Should we assume that our whole listenership is also clipping coupons at this point? We can move on from talking about recruiting. Sure. Do we want to uh, talk about the tightest ends that that college football has ever seen before we go? So <laughs> many transfers. <laughs> Three Let's, transfers plus a. Can you can you start eleven tight ends? Uh, Jim Harbaugh tries regularly. In fairness, <laughs> <laughs> that's called the Jim Harbaugh like. Dream of dreams. That's a real khaki move is what you're saying. Mm, Pleaded. Uh, All right. So uh, let's, some of those tight ends are walk-ons. Plum already talked about this. Plum already uh, talked about this like interesting little wrinkle in what the program is, seems to be doing with walk-ons, which are guys that are contributing to the program, but do not, count against the scholarship limit so the walk-on uh we we talk about how mel tucker has a a certain profile that he's looking for right size and speed but the Mm. profile of the walk-on right now at msu is definitely elevated from where we've seen it before and msu is a kind of a walk-on kind of place like i i think uh, Jack Conklin is like the patron saint of walk-ons essentially. Like, is there anyone, I guess, uh, what's his name? Stevie Jonathan. Izzo. Yeah, that's Stevie right. Stevie Izzo. That's, yep. that's what I wanted. Stevie yep. Izzo is Thank the, you. truly the patron saint of walk-ons. But, Tyler Hunt. Um, ka-choom. uh, so Jonesy, <laughs> where, where are we hearing this information about NIL? We should attribute it before we kind of like explain it to the audience. Yeah, so definitely have heard some of this from the reporting at On3. Um, and uh, I believe the 24-7 folks have been saying it as well. And you you see who they got as 
walk-ons. Yeah. Uh, Mel Tucker talked about this in his press conference that he thinks that this is a, you know, without indicating how they got them, uh, but that, that develop that being able to bring in in-state guys as walk-ons is a big deal. Um, and so you see that in the profile of th- at least three of the recruits. Um, so the three are Aaron Alexander, who's a linebacker transfer from UMass, uh, Jalen Franklin, a tight end from Wisconsin. Uh, so Alexander's from Belleville originally. Th- this becomes relevant um, because it has to do with how much they have to pay in tuition. Um, Jalen Franklin's from Rockwood and Jaron Mangum running back from Colorado and USF from Detroit. Um, uh, so we have a UMass, Wisconsin and Colorado slash USF transfer. Always Wisconsin. Got to check that box. Yeah. It wouldn't be a Tucker class without someone. Uh, (laughs) so I, so we know they're, they're getting in-state tuition because Mm -hmm. their, their folks are from here. Um, we know they get at least $6,000 from Ishpia. Um, yeah, well, that's not a hundred percent accurate. We get sick. They get $6,000 from the, uh, from Athletic the equity yeah, that's holders right. of United wholesale. That's, oh, that's how it works. Oh, I see. Yes. <laughs> Sorry. Yes. Uh, the, the shareholders are good point. Them. You must have some buried in your 401k and you're salty about it. Um, <laughs> And then, you know, between whatever financial aid they get uh, and if there's other NIL money out there. Which we don't uh, know explicitly what that would be, right? No, but I think we can fairly assume to pull in these, some of these recruits, either there was no one else knocking at the door, which maybe is possible, um, or... Well, even still, you, you'd think that they fe- figured out a way to, to make it advantageous, mm-hmm. attractive. And that seems to be an evolution in, in the way Tucker is handling the transfer portal. Well, it's, it's, very, it, it's very creative. Um, it, it, the purpose of this would be to sort of raise the floor in terms of the program overall, make practices more competitive, kind of push the scholarship guys who you hope are contributing further. Um, It's an interesting approach. It's an interesting thing. The thing that kind of concerns me a little bit is that we're spending, I would think the staff spending a lot of time to sort of make all of this work. And I wonder how much that pays off in the long run, but if, if nothing else, it's an interesting approach and it is, working i mean definitely the profile of these guys are a lot higher than you would expect for your usual walk-ons it's not uncommon to see walk-ons but it these are guys that you know could be at your grand valleys or your emus you know yeah yeah not quite your centrals but you know something in that neighborhood um but they've chosen to walk on at msu instead and um yeah i mean looking at aaron alexander the linebacker i mean he was a middling three star out of belleville which is a great program yeah you know 61215 it's not like he doesn't have the athletic profile of someone to play that position and yeah i know umass is bad 
but like it's still a high level college you know he played against decent competition for at least a minute man yeah uh he has four years of eligibility remaining um you know and jaron mangum played at high level level competition too uh, and was a high three star out of detroit now i think it helps that he gets to sell playing with his brother but um this is a big deal it's interesting. It's very interesting and very creative. And I'll give the staff a lot of credit. Um, and I will be keeping track of how this sort of pays off in the long run. So uh, anything else on uh, on the signing class before we can move on to other topics? Uh, I think we won't talk again about them too much until February, probably. Um, I know they've offered one offensive tackle. Uh, Tucker talked openly in his press conference about signing a safety who then committed to Oklahoma. Oops. Uh, whoopsies. Well, he was unspecific. He used measurables could have been talking about anyone. Yeah. Well, no, no one by those measurements have signed yet. Um, <laughs> uh, and I think it's also worth mentioning, you know, uh, they picked up a, a transfer from UConn and running uh, and Nathan Carter at running back. Um, we mentioned that they missed out on their running back target. This is the second time in three years that they've missed out on their primary running back target and third year in a row that they've relied on transfers. I, well, I mean, plum though, the running back room is fine. So we're not deep. We're not concerned about that. Deep, deeply deep. The deepest. Uh, So deepest end deep. All of it. Such touch depth. Uh, they, uh, Tucker also talked in his press conference. He was asked about coaches. Um, let's, let's dissect this a little bit. This is, this is worth dissecting. Do we all have our big grain of salt though? Oh yeah. No, I think we need to say that we need to drop the salt for other people. Okay. See, go be salty. No, no, no. I'm saying when Tucker says, I won't stop guys from taking other opportunities, and says, I've made no plans to change anything on signing day. That is not looking to take a dump with a news headline in the middle of right. a 17-year-old's big day. <clears throat> the, the press wasn't wrong for asking. That's their job. And anyone who thinks Mel Tucker should have said anything else than that is an idiot. Is, yes. I wanted to dissect, though, briefly the phrase, I won't stop anyone from making a decision to better themselves. And then I looked up Rossell's salary. And I thought, after his record this year, sure. please tell me who's going to offer Ross Ells more than $575,000 unless it was to light himself on fire. <laughs> Just self-immolate. In which case, Matt Ishbia had better be calling him this weekend. I That would be pretty metal. Hey, I'm, man, I got six hundred k <laughs> for you to self-immolate. <laughs> please. Don't know what do he does with family. it. Do yeah, it that's right. It's for the, Plum. Do, it for, do it for this podcast. Do it for my coupons. I, I just think it's it's really optimistic to think that any of these guys who haven't landed somewhere yet are going to be landing anywhere else for more money than they are currently making under this regime, this Ishbia funded and Steve Saint Andre funded regime but uh i will hope that the salt is as you say it is and that maybe he doesn't plan to this week but will plan to in some weeks 
Yeah, but at the same time, this could be like a Dan Rorscher situation where mm-hmm. it's like, oh, he, t- he took a role, you know, doing mm-hmm. something that he's really interested in in the NFL. And it's mm. a step down, but yeah. it's like, it's yep. saving face. face yep. It's not yep. like yep. Dan's gone. We've made a move. We wish him the best of luck. It's more of a, yep. we found so-and-so a landing spot. Um, that was something as, as frustrating as the staff became with D'Antonio over time or was kind of throughout. That was something that I always appreciated about the man was that he stuck by his guys. He was willing to take the heat for them. And he found in almost all cases, I think there were a couple of cases that this didn't end up happening, but basically all cases, he found something for them to do to help them save face, to help them save their careers. It could be a similar situation with Tuck. We'll see. Mm. I'm trying to remember too, what was the name of the D-line coach that was replaced last year? Uh, Oh God. Yeah. Jerry's going to be so disappointed in us. Um, He was a, he was a D'Antonio holdover, right? Yeah. um, And I'm trying to remember his name, but I, and he went to Miami. Did he? Uh, Ron Burton. Yes, Burton. Thank you. Well done, Joe. Um, he didn't leave until twenty uh, of. Uh, I'm sorry, January sixteenth is is when it looks like, uh, or some sometime thereabout is when the the change was made, and I believe that coincides with a large coaching conference that happens every year where a lot of the networking happens for new jobs. So give it a couple of weeks is all okay. I'm, all Great. I'm saying. Uh, Cause I, I know everyone wants change, but you gotta, you're not going to fire somebody without a replacement. And, um, and like you guys said at first, you're not going to fire someone at the press conference. For a no, I, no, that's course. right. Yeah. You're like, Oh yeah. Thanks Jack for asking. I forgot to mention yeah, I, I fired Scotty Hazelton. <laughs> Scotty Hazelton. I held him down, I shaved his beard, and I threw him out of the building. So, uh, yeah, those types of things just kind of don't happen. Yeah. Um, so the one other note uh, we got is the Tucker contract details came out. After the lawsuit by the Freep to FOIA the records, Uh. So what we, do we, got? we should explain to the audience in case they're not familiar. We have been a little skeptical about this contract. There were a couple of things that tipped us off on this. Mm. One was NF Tuck. And like clearly Tucker has some guy in his ear proposing these types of ideas or asking him to do these types of things. Because like, like he said to the Big Ten Network, he does not even know what an NFT is. And that was clear from that yes. situation. Um, and then you also have one of the guys picking up some of the tab uh, in Steve St. Andre, who we still know absolutely nothing about, getting involved in the, you know, the whole Spartan dog uh, thing. So uh, the clothing line and and lifestyle brand. Right. Streetwear. So we were skeptical about this. You know, maybe there is something going on here. Free press and, got to the you- bottom of it. Yeah, you don't know until you, for anyone who's pissed at the freep, that's their job. Yes. Yeah. Like, it, MSU no, could have right. handed MSU could have handed it over. Yes. 
yep. and didn't. And I kind of yep. think at this point, I understand the pushback on this. Uh, and I understand that, again, there's arguments to be made about the Detroit Rags not treating the other Big Ten university in the state the same way. And I, I yeah, we're, we're well on there. the record yeah. with that. Yeah. So, and, and agreeing with that. But in this case, it is a public institution and it is a big contract. And it is also a nothing burger. Really what we learned was MSU did pick up some of the tab on the increase in the contract. It is not yeah. entirely funded by alums, um, but it is largely funded by the two of them. Yeah, I think Tucker was at 6 or 6.5. It now appears that MSU is covering 7.1 mm-hmm. of his 9.5. Um, yeah. And then uh, we also found out that uh, uh, Matt Ishby's larger gift for facilities um, that he got season tickets to suites as a result of that gift, which is paid for out of the gift. So cool. Uh, but that's not uncommon. I think Steve Smith yeah. had, had the same deal. Oh, yeah. No, I'm Bell saying Smith. it's nothing like yeah. that. If, if that's your ask is that I get a suite for the next 10 years and that it's contingent upon my gift being delivered every year. The other thing that I saw in there uh, that I don't think I've seen uh, reported on a lot is the other Ishbia who also cashed out on the United Wholesale Mortgage. His name's on one of the entrances of Breslin this year. Yep. That was part of this initial gift. It it doesn't appear that it was separate. Yes. Which is interesting. So Matt paid money for his brother's name to show up on an entrance at Breslin Center. Oh, I thought it was his dad. I think it's his brother, but it might be his dad. Uh, maybe I'm totally wrong about that. Maybe but either way, it so doesn't matter that yeah. I don't care. Um, so thanks, uh, Freak, for getting to the bottom of nothing. And frankly, MSU, you should have just handed it over. But maybe they put up a fight on purpose, and the putting up the fight was what was important to those two guys. And yeah, I'm surprised it didn't. It, I was surprised there wasn't any language in the contract. That required, I, I would have thought that there would have been a clause in there that said it was required to be confidential. Hmm. So, um, all right, uh, let's uh, head from a nothing burger to a, I don't know. It's, it wasn't that great. Uh, it really did seem like the, the, the story of this game was that Tom Izzo wore not usual Tom Izzo stuff. Yes. So we're, of course, talking about the Lucas warm of wins over a terrible Oakland team. Uh, a 13-point win, 67-54 at the Breslin in a... Um, with Oakland playing a defense that no one can tell you what it was. Uh, was it a zone? Was it man? Was it matchup zone? I did love how you had to be really secure if you're uh, Bruce Weber and you're like, I don't even know what this defense is. <laughs> I Well, I think Tom Izzo said, I don't know that Greg Campy knows what that is. <laughs> uh, so um, some notes before we kind of get into it. Um, you know, first half was not fantastic. Um and I want to circle back on part of this at the end of our conversation, but Hogard in foul t- trouble for the first half, picked up two fouls early on. So we saw uh, a lot of Tyson running the point and Trey Holloman running the point. Uh, but the piece that I want to circle back on is Pierre Brooks uh, was in Tom Izzo trouble for the first half 
uh, was apparently late to some things. And so sat out for the first half. And I believe if you watch the game back, you can see it. Tom Izzo yelling at Pierre Brooks in the first half saying, I would really love to play you right now. Yeah, because uh, our man, Jason Wittens, who has played above his station so far this year, proved to us why we need Pierre Brooks in the game. Well, to be fair, <laughs> Jason Wittens played a minute less than Pierre Brooks and still had two more points than him, which is to say he scored at least one bucket. Uh, so all things considered, this wasn't Pierre Brooks's night. Uh, yeah. Before you, I, cause I, I think I know where you're headed. So let's get a lot of Alex Plum out, but let's sit on the free throws until the very end. I wasn't even, <laughs> I was Cause it was bad. It, this team has been excellent at shooting free throws and they were <laughs> terrible. So let's just sit on it until the end. <laughs> I wasn't even going to get to it. I had more. I had. I had that much more. Oh, all to right, say. sorry. I didn't mean to I interrupt. Had, I just. I. I, had, I knew as I was watching. I'm like, oh fuck, Plum is gonna just <laughs> unload. I restrained myself from even texting you during this game. That's how disciplined. <laughs> that's that's how disciplined I was. The first thing I'll say is this team, and this is the thing that we should be concerned about. This team, as many Michigan State teams do, but this team, especially it seems this season, plays to the caliber of its opponents. Whether on an aircraft carrier or at the Breslin, this team plays to its weaknesses, its defensive schemes, whatever it is of its opponents. And we saw this with a 2-11 and 11, uh, Oakland University. Three of their guys were in the double digits as far as points go. Unfortunately, neither of those three was Rocket Watts. And I want to personally thank Rocket for the five turnovers he had uh, that <laughs> night because they were helpful to us as we continue to wish him the best. Joey Hauser had a great night. I don't know what you want to say for Joey Hauser. What I will say is he didn't miss a single free throw and he mm. went four for five from the three point land. Wait, God, on, he is at a boy. He is a delight to watch. And I have been consistent on this podcast as always having heralded him as one of the great <laughs> Spartans in our team's history can i interject really quick about the four out of five yeah because i think it was jack abling who asked tyson walker after the game about that they scored 23 points in the second half in the first four minutes and then scored 15 for the remainder of the the second half and tyson walker was like you mean in the first half and he's like no in the second half and that was when joey was just Balin hay, yeah. just so much wet hay. Wet. Anyway, sorry. Did you, sorry. Did you guys see that that Joey Hauser put out a request to all the biggest uh, candle manufacturers for a partnership on a wet hay smelling candle for when he's heating up? Listen, Bed Bath and Beyond is just waiting, waiting to get that. It's going to be a co marketing agreement with Yankee Candle, Joey Hauser, Bed Bath and Beyond exclusive wet hay. Oh, oh, do wet hay. Yokel wet hay. Just rain in threes. Just high, (laughs) uh, high and what is it? High and tight. The fade on that guy's head just doused with wet hay. (laughs) Tyson Walker, a little less strong from behind the three. But another guy that didn't miss a free throw, you know, I don't know. It was not their best night by any stretch of the imagination. No, he didn't. That's what I mean. Uh, (laughs) Neither neither did Joey. Neither did Joey. Yes. Oh, sorry. I missed that. No free throws. Uh, You know, but um, 
Uh, Maddie had a good night. Didn't have as many points as I would like, but 12 rebounds is nothing to sneeze at. So um, you love that to see it. Kid could have was a point shy from a double double, and that would have been nice. I just think um, we have some work to do on the depth, and there's you know that the issue with Pierre Brooks is concerning. Jackson Kohler, I think you kind of said Jonesy looks like he sort of hit a wall a little bit. Four points out of him is not something that we want to see consistently. Uh, this team did not look great, but this was not a surprising team for me. Uh, this is exactly the game that I expected when we played Oakland. I think that there are, there's just not, I don't know what it is. There's not enough substance here, like in what we expect from these teams. I, I know I let off by saying Joey Hauser's the greatest and, and Joey this season is proving me wrong in many ways, but Joey Hauser is still Joey Hauser. And this team is, if this team is a Joey Hauser team, ah, then this is the kind of game we're going to get when we play Oakland and we're going to fucking shit our socks a few times in, in January. But, you know, I don't know. There's we, we saw at the very beginning of the season the upside to this team when they actually play well together. The question is, can they do it consistently in their own right? That seems to be a no right now. Yeah, uh, Greg, I think you're the one who made the, uh, the Kohler comment and... You know, Mahdi did have a decent game to Plum's point, but yeah. I believe the tallest player on on Oakland's starting five is six six. Yeah. Um. So Jackson Cole, is this the game where Jackson Kohler pump faked three times? The first two times, no one was on this the half of the court that he was on, and, and like, and then then I I forget. I think it was um, uh, Carter Elliott from the unscripted podcast was talking about how um, the disrespect to Mati Sissoko, because at some point in time, Oakland started sagging off of him when he had the ball in the post. And it clearly messed with Mati's head that like the level of disrespect, like it'd be one thing to sag off of AJ Hogarth at the three point line, particularly yeah. last year, or but to sag off year. of a, a dude at the post mm-hmm. is so disrespectful. Uh, I don't know that like that's a problem long term, right? Yeah. Well, it, it's a type of thing that'll keep him around for another year, so I'm happy about mm-hmm. that. Um, uh, but yeah, I, I think we're seeing Jackson Kohler kind of hitting a wall a little bit. Things were really impressive at first, um, but I I think what we're seeing are teams double him because they expect him to just cough it up. Uh, he had a pretty lousy game, um, but. You know, he's still a freshman. He's still got opportunities. There's still things that yeah. we can do there. Do we want to talk about lousy games that happened on the Oakland side of things? Yeah. Well, can not? we just can we shout out Stephen Ezzo real quick? Oh, oh yeah, God. Stevie. Baby. So Stevie picks up a board Baby and also board. talked some shit. Do we know the story there? We. I think the only thing I've heard is that whatever was said to Stephen Izzo warranted talking shit back. Huh? That's but, what Izzo said in the press conference. Effectively. Yeah. But, you know, but he also like reamed out Stephen for talking shit in the first place. So my understanding he, from what I heard from Izzo was he didn't know why Stevie was engaging. Barking. Yeah. Found out why he did. And then was like, yeah, okay. Go for it. This is kind of like when Dan Dakich came, Dakich came to the Brez after saying all that shit about Michigan States and the students started booing him and like chanting at him. And it was like, how embarrassing. This was horrible. 
And then I heard about what he said on Twitter and I was all for it. Fuck him. You know, <laughs> that was great. That was great. I love when Izzo doesn't really know and like leans into like, well, there's a way to handle these things and then learns. And it's like, yeah, fuck the way to handle things. He's right. Give him shit. You know, that's, that's why we love Tom Izzo. That's why I love yeah. him. So. Well, I, I'm happy Stevie hit the stat line. That's all I'm saying. Uh, I am as well. Um, we also learned some lessons about like, that's why Rocket Watts is no longer with the program. Uh, I don't know if it's, it, it's gotta be tough going back to the place that you used to play. It's gotta be tough. You'll be back next well, year. When you say back from, when you say play, just put it in, just put it in quotation marks. Well, yeah. that's what he did for 27 <laughs> minutes in this game. Um, uh, it's gotta be tough when you're coming back from injury last year at, uh, at the other MSU, but man, yeah, apparently he was on the floor for 27 minutes. There were times I you I wouldn't have thought that. Um, no. And he put up a stat line that it was just brutal, awful. Um, for a guy that we were trying to turn into a point guard, one assist, <laughs> five turnovers, shooting was awful. Uh, I, I'm looking at his box scores for previous games it seems like this was a particularly bad game but like man the stats are rough for our friend rocket i mean i want him to do well i truly do but yeah. like now we all want him to do really well now hold on just i hate to be that guy but i have to be i have to be and i don't know if this is an indictment well, this is certainly an indictment on me i hope it's also an indictment on this team you just read off Rocket Watts' abysmal stat line, and you made it in the context of we were going to develop this guy to be a point guard. Can I read to you the stat line or compare the stat line of A.J. Hogard, who we might describe as our point guard? Uh-oh. Uh, this is, I like that. All right, go yeah, ahead. Yeah, so Rocket Wait. was Rocket was two for eight on field goals. A.J. was okay. three, three for seven. So okay. better, but by but marginally. Both were 0 for 2 on three points. Uh, both were 50% from free throws. Oh, actually, no. I think Rocket was 0 for 1. 0 for, yeah, 0 for 1 on free throws for Rocket. He had a plus one. And then when he didn't make Get and to then, the assists, Alex. Uh, okay. So AJ had eight versus Rocket's one. But, and, 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 <laughs> and doubled his four points to eight. Uh, okay, and I guess. Or do the turnovers. <laughs> Well, yeah, the turnovers. All right, fine. But still, <laughs> still, though, still, though. Man, it's, it's, when, when you did not get the agenda before the meeting and you had your own agenda. I always uh, have my own agenda. <laughs> I always have my own agenda. Get to the two stats that matter for my cards. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> it's okay. It's all right. I, know. I get what you're saying though, because AJ, I'm just saying AJ took... is not good, and eight eight assists is, I guess, whatever you want eight assists to be. But uh, well, but took... I think that's a fair question though. Of like, was this a good AJ game or not a good AJ game? Because we'd been seeing AJ games where he lights up the points, um, and we didn't get that here. Yeah, and and Plum, as you pointed out, took two three-point shots um which brings his season average on threes down to anyone want to guess anyone want to 23 percent 27 oh all right so there you go i i think 
AJ's uh, solution this year has been to take enough of them that you don't want to see him on a night where he's making them. Huh. Like he, he's the way he's threatened. You've got to guard me is by volume, huh. which is, I don't think it's a, it's an empty possession. Model. It's an empty possession. Yeah. All yes. right. Anything else on this before we talk about a man with anything but empty possessions? Those threes reign for Brandon Sands. Anything else on this game? I think we're going to talk about it in the preview, but this should hopefully be our last game without Malik Hall. Yeah. And who can't be called out in the press conference is a dude that would uh, really, really annihilate them. So I don't know if. Campy is very generous at times. I don't know how true that is, but um, something. But I don't think he was wrong about that because um, Malik has a post game and a mid range game and a three point game, and he would have annihilated them. I, I think that's right. Yep. Um, Campy is very generous, though. You're right. It, Campy, it's a joy to watch his post game. Campy's a nice guy. He also yeah. just it seemed like just discovered ugly Christmas sweaters this year. <laughs> He's very excited about them. I also heard that Tom Izzo's technical was a one on the Izzo Richter scale and that the ref who called it does not do Big Ten games <laughs> and was and teed Izzo up for an Izzo nothing burger, but I'm sure was like threatening his family members, but was still tame on the Izzo scale. Anyway, uh, well, do that. I'm going to uh, you re- do the ad read. I'm going to yeah, grab Scott. Tell us about our, our guy. Brandon Sands, please. Brandon is great. He spells his name cleverly. We love that about him. (laughs) I tell you that because it's the only consistent thing we say about Brandon is how he spells his name. That's not true. We say a lot of consistent things about Brandon. He's with Gold Star Mortgage, which which is consistent. And Mm -hmm. really, is there a more consistent mortgage lender out there? The answer is no. Uh, regardless of what's happening in the market, prices up, prices down, interest rates fluctuating, inflation, a recession, a pandemic, who cares? You have to live somewhere. You have to. And and in uncertain times like these, you need a rock to cling to. Yes. In fact, you have to have an investment somewhere. Isn't a home the ticket still to the middle class? Don't ask Matt Ishbia. He wouldn't know. No. You have to ask, you have to ask Kevin Grek. Or Plum, I gotta ask you right now, do you feel like your home is your ticket to financial sustainability? My God, no. But <laughs> but it should be someone's. It should be someone's. Guys, buy that dream house and let Brandon Sands help you finance it. Just make sure the fucker's got good windows. You gotta focus on that R value. Come on. Good R value. Pump that sucker full of of, of, uh, (laughs) insulation. That's all you need. Let's have more asbestos in homes. Anything. Anything. Hell, snow might do the trick at this point. Uh, It's a Fortune 500 company, Gold Star Mortgage. So give them a call. They fund over a billion dollars in mortgages annually. Brandon manages a team with over 100 years of combined industry experience. They're licensed in 32 states. All of the Big Ten, with the exception of Iowa, who, frankly, no one wants to live in. They're consultative. Their rates are among the best in the country. They have every loan product that you could want. They service their own loans. Call Brandon with an E, Sands with a Z. Look them up on goldstarmortgage.com backslash Brandon Sands. It is beautiful about Iowa, though. You know, that, that wave that they have from the window 
where everyone is waving and they're just like, waving. Oh, those poor deers, those poor All deers. Those little kids. Yep. I yes. assumed that they were asking to the leave. Po- the Please poor take kids are waving down waving. to the people in yep. Iowa saying, Oh, those poor deers. Go. Oh, those poor deers. Please leave. Um, yep. Go buy a home in Michigan. <laughs> but maybe check between the walls first. See, look for that. Look for there. that. See look for there, that R there's value. There's anything in there. That um, high, high R value. Yes. Uh, if if DTE or consumers or whomever want to come do an energy assessment of your home, take them up on it. Do it. Say yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and finance for Brandon Sins. All right. Uh, off Grand oh. River. Jonesy, what do we want to talk about? Uh, well, let's uh we're gonna sandwich we're gonna do the sandwich method so we're gonna start with some some ugliness uh so we've got a chris beard update and a miles bridges update um it's important i think if we are gonna use this platform to to be critical of at times in sports i think it's important that we do it to our own when it's warranted as well oh yeah absolutely i i i it's, it just is sad. Like that's what it, 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 it bums me out. So the update, um, on Chris Beard, uh, is that his fiance is saying that it was, uh, Chris Beard acted in self-defense that she didn't ever want him to be arrested. Um, and if there's a path for Chris Beard to retain his job at Texas, it is he needs to not only have n- no charges pressed, but it needs to be for a quote unquote good reason, which is where the self defense comes in. Um, I, 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 I worry that this, with zero knowledge of the of the victim, I worry that this is a classic example of a real thing in the law called battered women women syndrome and that it is a you don't get what happened as a first time around that is not the first rodeo for that couple correct i i there are a lot of things that can be appropriately adjudged to be defensive in nature choking someone rarely rarely is choking someone necessary to defend your person. I so I would I would be clear she said specifically she was not choked. That is something that only appears in the police report and there does there does appear to be physical evidence to suggest though that she was choked. That's what I mean. The the so yeah, so regardless of what was said, I I I'm going to speak now only to those facts that are substi- that are objectifiable and substantiated in the in the record. Whatever someone's opinion of what happened with hindsight and in retrospect, um, because you also have statements that are made in real time, right? That are informing what the police contemporaneous they're uh, admissible, which is and they should be because that's what the police have to go on in real time to make real time decisions around arrests and charging. And by the way, let us not forget: Did he spend the weekend? In jail or just the uh, night? Well, the night and the next morning. Right. And then, so enough for them to not charge and release him, but to charge and hold him. And that's also something else here. 
So I, I, I mean, you're right to say, and I, I, it's hard because we're also told and taught should be taught more often to trust women. And, and the facts in this case speak for themselves. The injuries that she sustained that are objectifiably on a report yeah. could not have been sustained in any conceivable way defensively. There's also a, like, there is a, a studied pattern to abusive relationships. So I know that it gets tagged with women's syndrome, which, you know, you can unpack that and there's a lot to be said there, but there is a pattern to abusive be, uh, relationships. Yep, and the abuser does something bad. There is contrition. There's acceptance of that contrition. There's gaslighting as to what did and did not happen and why it happened and whose fault it is as to why it happened. And then there's there's a period of stability and happiness before it happens again. And you don't reach choking Mm -hmm. as a first rodeo that like. And I think she's maintaining in this that his acting in self-defense is around her breaking the glasses. Is that correct? I don't know enough about her her statement. statement. So what, what is in the police report is was from the beginning that she went into the guest room that he was in. She took his glasses. She broke them. She went back to her room. There was a period of time and then he attacked her. I think if I remember correctly from her statement, she's saying that the breaking of the glasses is the act that he was defending himself from, which I, I don't want to be, I, I I don't want to be pearl clutching in another way of like, this is obviously a very, fractured relationship it's obviously not healthy either way if someone's breaking your glasses that's not great either let's not pretend that it is but you don't have to choke someone you don't have to throw them you don't have to skin their leg up you know from the knee down to the ankle you don't you don't have to do any of those things you can remove yourself from that situation and chris beard is in his 50s i believe and you should have the maturity to know when it's time for you to remove yourself from that situation. Yeah. It's not like the, the frontal cortex isn't fully developed yet. Correct. Not that it would be permissible to do any of those things, no matter your age, but like, or to start bridging to our next conversation, your girls in your face, you don't have to throw her through a window in front of your child. Oh, yes. So in both of these cases, we have women that are starting to, recant publicly some of the things that they've said at the time of the incident in both of these cases we have and i'm referring now to the miles bridges case um because it sounds that the charlotte hornets are starting to look at bringing him back now um uh these are obviously very you know awful relationships these people should not probably be in but it doesn't need to raise to the level that either of these rose to the level of. And we don't need to have men that operate this way in these elevated positions at all. Yeah. Um, well, so, let's, 
Uh, this felt like a bad time for me to get my scotch because that's well, I kind of feel like it's pouring another one. So do it. This is the Christmas episode. I just cracked another beer. Uh, but uh, so let's talk about the the Miles Bridges situation. First off, I, Jonesy, as a lawyer, I do ask you. Texas, let's be honest, Texas would probably like to keep Chris Beard. He's a good yep. coach. He's a good coach. Good recru- he's a good recruiter. He's probably the best of his class that is like the next one coming up under Izzo. Yep. Um, and let's be honest, they could have already fired him by now. Yes. Mm. And he's not fired. Does Is that evidence that like... Hey, let's let's sort of see how this plays itself out. Hey, are we going to try to pull this off? Are we going to try to spin the narrative on this and keep Chris Beard somehow? I uh so there's a few things there. One, you know, his contract is worth quite a bit of money and the repercussions, I'm sure for the financial repercussions of firing him. I'm sure are not inexpensive, though UT can handle that. Um, I believe actually it's really hard to get money from the University of Texas system. I, okay. I was reading that, like it, it Texas actually has protections. Oh, interesting for its public for, entities in this way. Uh, it really well, it difficult. would. I guess it would make sense to me that in Texas, of all places, you can fire anyone for anything, and yeah. there's no protection for workers. But well, typically, some sort of morality clause wouldn't there be in most college contracts? Well, so that's the thing, though. If he did it in self-defense, ah. Alex, then uh-huh. it would be it, the morality clause doesn't reach there. If it was a, if it was merely her recanting, I think you probably can cleanly say, yeah, we're we're good here. Yep. But if it's her saying it was in self-defense, well, then shouldn't he have acted that way? Right? Like, isn't yep. it defensible, in fact, what he did? Um, uh, no. And, well, <laughs> no. No, 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 no. But you get my point. I know. Right. Yeah. I know. That's and, what Texas is going to say or would say if they wanted to keep him. Or at least that's that's what the agenda Chris Beard, like, let's, I mean, we we should keep the bad actor the bad actor in all of this, and that's what Chris Beard's uh, holding on to power would be is to push that agenda. Um, and so, you know, then then it puts Texas in a difficult position, and maybe they make the wrong decision, probably make the wrong decision, but that um, it certainly puts them in a more difficult position than again if she's if she's saying not only was it you know, that it was, it was self-defense. Um, so that's, uh, it seems like there's some groundwork being laid though. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. To retain his job. Um, because her statement is like kind of exactly what you would need. Yes, it is for that. Um, it is. And I don't know though, as a public institution, it like, if we're going to give some deference in the realm of possibility to UT in all of this as a public institution, what their requirements are for due process needing to be played out. He's currently unpaid and on administrative leave. I'm, you know, I obviously we have some opinions about what his ultimate consequence should be, but there's process for the protection of everybody. It, like, you know, in the same way that we have due process for people who do, truly heinous things 
UT probably has some modicum of process that they have to follow in, in terminations when there's when something like this happens. And so mm-hmm. I'm not ready to blame them for not laying him off. I suspect they've done what they can. Whether they let him back, though, clearly that groundwork is being laid. Um, and that's where it's going to be gut check time for them. I mean, they're UT. They should be able to hire whoever they want. Correct. Correct. Um Let's move on to Miles then. So reports are from Woj on a Friday, right before Christmas. Carrying that water. Interesting. Maybe this is how we get scoops, Woj. Huh. Interesting. When do you want me to drop this? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Time to wait. It looks like the Charlotte Hornets are entering conversations to bring back Miles Bridges. Of course, we know that he severely, severely attacked the mother of his children last year, which was a huge disappointment to us. We talked about it at the time. Um, The NBA has not entered into this yet, so we don't know what kinds of things he would have to do to return to the game, but it looks like the Hornets are are looking at that plum. How cynical is this? This is... Yeah, this is right up there. I mean, it's that has the ink dried? Have have her bruises healed? Have it's her not, bones mended? I mean, it's not long at all. It's not. Honestly. We're we're talking a number of months, a matter of months. Is it? And not like seven. It's like no. Four. Yeah, I, not 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 that that matters. I mean, not that that matters. But but one could potentially see after maybe two or three years of a restored healthy relationship where he's been incredibly public around the work that he did, the self-healing that he did, the therapy that he did, the listening with other affected women of domestic violence that he did. Mm -hmm. None of that could have happened in this amount of time. I don't know where to lay the cynicism. I mean, it's hard. These systems are so complex. I understand all of that. I know that the, I just, it's, it is, um, if the, if, if Charlotte does this, they will have achieved something I, an opprobrium I've, I have kept in my heart only for the university of Michigan. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, I, the message that it sends to young men who idolize, uh, these players, the message that it sends to women about their bodies, their experiences, the level of safety they're owed, the message it sends to anyone that cares about how we treat one another. I, I just don't see how the, and God, I hope that if, if Charlotte tries to do this at the NBA doesn't step in and say, are you fucking stupid? Mm-hmm. And I don't know. Do they even have the ability to, to quash that? I would hope so. I don't know if they do. Well, they certainly have the ability to come in and give him like really long suspensions and fines and yeah, that kind and, of stuff. And as a, there's the added layer of the kids too. Yeah. That like this happened I mean, in front of his children. Yeah, I mean, because it, 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 it's it. I don't mean to say that like it's it would be dismissible if it didn't happen in front of the kids, but it's just an extra layer of yeah. G- gross. Uh, it, gross is an understatement for what it is, and so you know, I I am. Uh, Miles Bridges gave a really great moment in Spartan memories. Yeah, the decision to return. Yep. And none of that matters. Yep. Like that's right. And and that, you know, I just he's dead to me. There's another element to this that they haven't done it yet, but I'm ready for. 
and I I want to be critical of, and this might be a little spicy, is the NBA players are a bunch of hypocrites. Like they're willing to talk about owners, they're willing to talk about brands, mm. they're willing to do this, they're willing to do that, but when it comes to their own Yep. And advocating for WNBA players, Brittany Griner, yep. like, you know, they're doing willing to do when it's convenient. Sorry, I just wanted to tack that on there. Too. I bet they don't say a word. And I'll be even more straight to the point. New media, including our guy, Draymond. You think new media is going to get involved in something like this? Going to draw a hard line? Like <laughs> if he if he does, should. we should shout and him we, out. And if he does, I'll give him the credit that he deserves for it because that would right. be a tremendously but difficult thing to do. But you but are I right bet. to flag that. You are right to flag that. I bet he doesn't. Yep. I don't know. I, I, there is a... <sighs> the, the culture. There is a strong, strong stream of culture that seems to suggest, if not... And I don't know that it would go so far as to say... That there that that I mean I I'm not I don't espouse this obviously I'm just saying there is a stream of culture that says you know women okay let me let me preface this by saying I have seen the tweets and the retweets of many of uh, many college players many of our college players on the football and the basketball team who have tweeted or retweeted content that is problematic from a harmful masculinity standpoint that I don't think goes as far as saying violence against women is acceptable, but something around women's conduct or behavior emasculates us. We have to do so much to keep women happy and the way they talk to us and embarrass us and have us around their finger, it's not right. This isn't fair. And it, it sort of, it begs the question, when are we going to do something about it? Now that question never gets asked. And again, I'm not saying it goes as far as this conduct is acceptable, but you're you're towing a line that, in my mind, inexorably leads there. And that's my point around, and I think it's your point around new media not getting involved here. At the end of the day, these NBA greats, these NBA stars, anyone that is making their money is making their money because they have an audience. They have people who want to buy their shit, and they're the ones who are peddling this. So to say the right thing, to model the right behavior is to very much make yourself um, opened up to a sort of criticism that why the fuck would would you invite that? So yeah, you're right to to, to point out the hypocrisy, hundred percent. But I think we have to acknowledge there's a really harmful masculine um culture that permeates this, and that's what set the standard for this. And it's not racial necessarily. I mean, I really think it is a harmful masculinity that whether it's Chris Beard or it's you know it's Bridget Miles Miles Bridges or it's someone else. I mean, it's it's uh, masculinity is is transcendent in that, and that's what's so fucked up. And I, I, I do think there's also something about protecting your own, right? Sure. The, like, no, there hasn't been nearly enough speaking out about Kyrie Irving. 100%. 100%. Like, 100%. Club. 100%. He's part of the club. Yep. Um, and and uh, Miles Bridges is in the club. He's he's represented by Rich Paul. He's yep. very in the club. Yeah. Yep. Uh, let's go to someone else who wants to be in the club. Oh, uh, <laughs> we can go. We can go fast on this, I think. I we just have to say uh, everyone's favorite billionaire um, really wants other rich friends who like sports. Uh, and so Matt Ishbia now will be a co-owner or primary owner of the Suns. Um, Matt, congratulations. <laughs> you you got it. You did it, buddy. People love you now. 
Uh, your dad loves you now. You your dad. <laughs> That's right. Uh, you have friends. Um, come on the pod. Uh, also, <laughs> how's the time after everything we discussed? <laughs> Matt's Matt's on the, the on the private. He's on the list. To this episode, and yep. he's like, "Yeah, this is a podcast I'd like to be on." <laughs> yep. Until that very moment, maybe he wants to talk about his dad issues. We're here to talk about your dad issues, Matt. It's- we can introduce you to Brandon with an E, Sans with a Z. You oh can make God. him a. He'll UWF. be your daddy. Yeah, you're gonna have to buy a place in uh, in in the AZ, and it's covered. So yep. Uh, all right. Uh, next up, we can go briefly on, but Raymar Morgan has retired from professional basketball at the age of 34. Uh, I mean, dude was iconic for uh, for an era when I think MSU was a little bit lost and trying to kind of come out of, you know, the Knights will play era. Um, and yeah. he was, he was part on of that. that team. He was the other guy on that team. But I think that was young Raymar, right? It was. Like, it was freshman year Raymar, I think. Yeah. So, uh, and led into some glory years for MSU. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, you I know. remember he he lost like a tooth in like an NCAA <laughs> tournament game. Uh, yeah, I remember he threw down a massive dunk in Assembly Hall to win a Big Ten championship. I mean, I I know that Raymar didn't end up having quite the career that he wanted and we wanted for him at the time but he made a buck though he he had a long fruitful career as a professional basketball player and i tipped the cap to him yeah well and i'm i'm glad he's getting back to the united states i can just say from some level of interpersonal experience eastern europe is not where you want to be as a person of color so get home get you happy for you uh let's uh last up on off grand river we would be remiss if we didn't talk about kari crump who is still on the football team and appears to be pleading his felony charge down to maybe one or two misdemeanors likely will be sentenced under the Holmes youthful training act which means that um the record will no longer be public um for those who think that that comes without consequence uh no one will or, know about this <laughs> yeah and i think and again this is the truth to the lie we all knew we all knew this is where this was going to go so and that i'm just gonna say it that's what tells the truth to the lie that there is and i'm gonna say this that there is a true commitment to equity racial equity work happening in the washington county prosecutor's office thank you because the because I've been it, it saying is, from the beginning, I've been I have been heralding him as a prosecutor who seems to be who seems to get it, and through personal and professional experiences seems to get it, and we all knew that this was where this was going to go, and so the plea is performative. I'm not. I'm sorry. The charges were performative. Well, and that sucks. That's what that's what I would like to talk about because it is. First of all, let's not pretend that even if this wasn't very public, that there aren't consequences because there are professions that you have to answer whether you've been charged with a felony, not whether you were convicted. And admittedly, those are niche law enforcement, uh, anything in the government. uh, You you would have to answer that you've been charged with a felony. Um, So let's not pretend that there's no consequences. The other thing is that it's 
when it comes to charging, you need to charge for the crime that you can convict for mm-hmm. and the charge, you, the, the, the crime you want to punish for. Yeah. And if your intent was never to punish him for a felony, then what you've done is set up a high stakes scenario mm-hmm. where someone has to plead guilty to remove the stakes that you've put on the table. Right. And that puts someone at great risk, particularly men of color. And you may say, Mike, there was video of him swinging a helmet at somebody and hitting them in the head. You're not wrong. I I understand what happened. We've been very clear that there should be serious consequences for Kari Crump as it relates to his playing. But that if you were never going to charge and convict for a felony, then you should not have charged a felony. You should have put the stakes on the table yep. and played with the table stakes. Yep. And, and like that, I think I've mentioned the, the Eastern District of Philadelphia, United States Attorney, they, they charge big time crimes. If they're going to bring charges, they get a grand jury who's willing to bring them and they have a second attorney not related to the case who also reviews and says, we can prove all of this beyond a reasonable doubt. And they don't plead down. They recommend lighter sentencing, but the charge that they bring is the charge charge. that they bring. Yep. And so now maybe that results in some overinflated charges and you should say, you know, equity being restorative justice, bring these things down, but you should bring the charge you want to convict for. And that, and, and to the point upsets me. And to the point you just named it, and I, I'll just reiterate it. That's uh, the performative piece. If you truly are committed to restorative justice and to racial equity work in justice, there's no room for performative charging. And that's what this was. That's what this was. At the end of the day, that's what this was. He wanted to say one guy was worse than the others, but he wanted to kowtow to the powers that be at the University of Michigan. And again, that wasn't right. The conduct wasn't right. No right. one is yeah, defending no, no, no. the conduct. No one's defending no one. the conduct. Don't charge him with a felony if you're not going to stick to it. And, and, and you, just, you, you just made the point better than anyone else could have, Michael. And, on, and- why, on why you charge, be consistent. That's not how this, the system doesn't have to work this way. The system doesn't have to work this way. You can do it in a way that is ethical. You can do it in a way that is transparent. You can do it in a way that adheres to some modicum of actually of what justice is supposed to mean. So I, that was the truth to the lie for me. Very, 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 very sad. It's, it's about punishing people, right? Like, I, I mean, at the end of the day, criminal justice is, is partly restorative to the victim. Sure. But it's also part about society punishing bad behavior. Yep. And so that's why you, you, the, the punishment is what you, not the crime that you can hit because we've over-criminalized life. We yeah. over-criminalized life. And so yep. you need to charge the crime that you can, that you actually want to punish for. Yep. Um, and that didn't happen here. And, and there was abdicating of responsibility at every turn when, when they pressed charges, it was the, the statement said at the request of the U of M police department yep. at the request. And so, because <laughs> Ellie, <laughs> shut up. You had power here. You were not powerless. You actually had all yeah. of the, the power. The voters of Washtenaw County determined to give you that power based <laughs> on the platform that you ran on. And I will remind the listeners of this podcast as voters of the state of Michigan, 
to remember that. Yeah. In the well, yeah, that's right. He probably is better than the alternative, but if you have the opportunity to primary him, pay attention to who else is running. Like, I, I mean, I, I just, because he had a high profile, he had an, he had an opportunity. He yeah. had people paying attention to criminal justice who yeah. don't pay attention to criminal justice. The state was watching. Yep. And he had an opportunity to educate people. About, that's, like, I want to be clear. That's really Jonesy and I, Jonesy and I speaking for ourselves in this case. That I want to be clear about that. But uh, also, I want to take this opportunity to be, again, to point out that he was to a degree painted in the corner by the athletic director and the head coach yes, that's, at the University of Michigan. But, but you, you were elected. Like, still, you, if you're an elected official, those Leadership are is making votes. hard decisions. Yeah, Leadership are, is making hard decisions. That's exactly what it is. Votes. That's exactly what it is. Yep. So well anyway, well I'm, I'm thankful for Kari Crump getting the outcome to, Plum, to your point, that we all expected to happen. And, yep. and so that, that is a net positive. But it doesn't mean that people shouldn't care about the process that it takes to get there. Like, right. I, I'm, I'm pleading with people to have a nuanced view that Ari Crump did something wrong that has to have consequences, like truly egregiously not right. acceptable on the field, needs to have consequences. I don't know that the criminal justice system should have ever been involved, but if it should have, take the nuanced view that the ends do not justify the means. Because think about all of the low-level drug shit, traffic violations, weapons charges that, that result for non-football players and catastrophic consequences because they were put in a position where they didn't get the benefit of the doubt or the opportunity to defend themselves because they had big stakes on the line, a felony charge on the line. Anyway, sorry, rant over. Let's talk about Buffalo. All right. Quickly, quickly. Buffalo, real quick, because no one cares. Uh, Buffalo, Kempom, 190. Uh, slightly better on offense than defense. Uh, six and six right now. Um, and let's see. They got a win against George Mason. Games? All right, all right. I got a win against George Mason. 20-point uh, loss to Connecticut. Uh, more than 20-point loss. Nope, 18-point loss against West Virginia. Um, just not, not a very good team um <laughs> they beat suny canton by 60 uh they beat Colby 129 to 62 one. uh so yeah this is who you're up against the, i think the most relevant thing other than if msu loses which you know they play the games for a reason is that ideally this is where we get malik hall back so it's been how many games since Malik Hall has last played? Five at this point. Uh, way more than five. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Um, this is the last time before uh, we get into uh, Big Ten play. So we need him to get any kind of, you know, rust kicked off. Um, but we'll see what we've got from Malik Hall uh in this game and we'll see what we've got going into nebraska at home fortunately and then uh visited by mr hunter dickinson on the seventh 
I hope Madi owns him just for the lols. Uh, all right. Not in a violent way to our three remaining Michigan listeners. I don't know. You just mean to our three remaining listeners, but that's fine. (laughs) All right, Plum, uh, we have another sponsor. Gentlemen, this week's episode is not brought to you by Stadium and Maine. What is Stadium and Maine, Alex? One of only four NIL collectives sanctioned by the University of Michigan Stadium and Maine want you to join their fun. Promoted by noted sexual assault mishandler, Ward Manuel, Stadium and Maine leaned hard into that sex part, providing an easy to use <laughs> providing an easy to use online platform for athletes to offer and charge for certain services their fans would like to let's say experience yes that's right stadium in maine the only fans of nil collectives reached for comment word manual hold on wait is one of michigan's nil collectives on only fans is that what you just said no i'm saying it's it is the only fans of nil collectives this is what this service is they They, they, they let their athletes sign up. See, hold on. Now you're ruining the content. This is great. You've interrupted the whole thing and now you're, gonna, I'm sorry, you're losing I'm the whole I'm fucking all thing. All this is, I'm on mute over here dying. <laughs> oh boy. We're going to jump back into the read. Son of a bitch. Yes, that's right. Stadium and me the only fans of NIL collectives. Reached for comment word manual, blushing and hurriedly closing several open browser tabs. <laughs> Could muster only a few muffled, breathless noises. But don't just take Ward's deep-throated endorsement. After all, when it comes to NIL deals, nothing says leaders in the best better than pandering to your Walmart-esque fan base. Stadium in Maine, found in the ad section on Pornhub. Am that was I a good one. Ruining? Yeah, you're, you're really, really, really good. good. Now I can explain it. They are actually a... Uh, their NIL collective is about athletes and fans signing up, paying money, and the athletes get to choose what services they want to offer online for what amount of money. And the fans can choose to pay for it to you know, experience whatever content they want. If that isn't the OnlyFans whole business model, raison d'etre, then I don't know <laughs> what is. So good for them. Alex, the only thing missing from that was some moral high ground. Doing, <laughs> doing it the right way. Leaders in the best, baby. All right. Wow. So there you I'm go. I'm proud of Ward for coming out of the, you know, coming out of his little hidey hole for that, you know. Uh, all right. Uh, should we talk about. Alex, that was return? one of your best. That was good. That- it was worth bringing back, not a sponsors for. It There's a huge percentage, I think, like. 50% of our listeners probably have been gained since our last not a sponsor. Yeah, that's actually really true. We probably need to put the survey back out, Kevin. We, we should. need to talk about that. We should probably. Uh, um, anyway, for anyone that doesn't know what that is, this is a bit that we used to do every week. Every week. <laughs> we started scraping the bottom of the barrel, so we put it in the cupboard <laughs> for a little bit. But uh, as it was, Plum, I'm glad we brought it back out. Yeah, Plum just earned it a spot. <laughs> Um, okay, so uh, let's Twitter questions. Some Twitter questions first from the Mike Jones, and 
Uh, I'll bring back the Port Charlotte for this, even though he didn't drop this off. Uh, it is liquor, and I associate liquor with Mike Jones. Uh, Izzo wearing an elf sweatshirt getting a tech. Is there anything more perfect this holiday season? I think I'm going to put that on a Christmas card next year. That sounds right. That's right. That sounds that's, that's good. That's the holiday season. I mean, no one wants candy. an update on my family. They just want to see Tom Izzo wearing a sweater. Yeah, that's for sure. Uh, next up from Mike Jones, coaching staff finished strong leaning up to early signing day. What other positions would you like to see them address with high school recruits leading up to the February signing day? I think we covered this a bit. Um, I don't think they're going to pick up a safety via, uh, the transfer via high school, because I think they like what they have. Um, the one of three remaining four star offensive tackles, uh, I'm sorry, it's not even it three remaining top 50 offensive tackles is a four-star that they put an offer into. So I suspect if they can land him, they will take him. Um, so that would be the only other place because they missed out on their five-star option. Oh, speaking of options and things like that, 2023 is right around the corner. What are the goals and aspirations of the can't read, can't write crew in 23? Let's put that survey out. Let's see what people think. Yeah. Uh, Fewer swears, more swears, whatever. Monetization. Interviews with anyone. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Plum busy sliding into people's DMs. Uh, Don't you worry about it. Don't you worry about it. Listening faithful. Hey, Zil, uh, Zil, can you change the password now? <laughs> but but make sure to let Sharpert know what it is. Yeah. Uh, next up, first time questioner, uh, I believe, Stephen Douglas. Wait, Greg, what's your 2023 goal for Can't Read, Can't Write? This is a serious question for you. Be you serious. Actually, answer after yes. one drum of the Brooklotti and two beers. Yeah. Um, <laughs> one drum. Here's my goals for 2023 to quit. Uh, <laughs> I hope. You know, our listener guests um, clip their coupons before the episode starts. <laughs> and <laughs> our hosts uh, and our hosts grab their scotch so they don't have to scamper off and do it in between segments. See, you know what? These weren't personal goals <laughs> from our gruel sipping well, they, Slenderman. They were, they were personal. Uh, <laughs> oh, that's good. Well done, you. Next up from Stephen Douglas, along the same line, what about playing Collins or a QB other than no, no, Thorne? No, you skipped one. Morning? Did I? Yeah. Is Tucker solely oh, we responsible didn't. for the well, okay, poor yeah, game management? Up, yeah. Is Tucker solely responsible for the poor game management decisions this last year? Are assistant coaches unable to speak up and stop stupidity, or are they all incompetent? Well, I think this the assistant coaches been... are the incompetent ones, aren't they? I think it's yeah, isn't the question been... more about why isn't Tucker overruling in our, them? In our various group chats right plum like we've had this conversation same talk uh they should be empowered but also the buck stops with tucker right mm -hmm. like it's i mean uh, he could hire someone to help him with this so um next up and last up from stephen douglas along the same line what about playing collins or a qb other than thorn when it's not working so we've talked about personnel decisions like why it took so long for eli collins to get run um this podcast has been consistent and you know this if you've listened to every episode which you don't have to but if if you have you would know 
We love Eli Collins. We've never had a disparaging thing to say about him. We think he should get more playtime all the time. Favorite player that ever existed. Um, but Plum, what do you think about a change at quarterback potentially, or maybe maybe a little bit of a competition? I don't. I. It's uh, gonna say it the wrong yes. way. Yes, is what you mean to yes say. Yes, is what I meant to say. Yep. <laughs> that's all it. right. Soon Next Douglas. up, Spartan 18770. We'll uh, why are people handing out crystal balls for recruits that aren't signing for at least 12 months? Are you guys aware of this situation? Yeah. How much time do we want to spend on this? So here's my thing. On why the not a half ball. an hour? Uh... I think they shouldn't be allowed. It should count against their score. You they can, shouldn't you be can, allowed to change it at the very you, end. You can, but your wrong one still counts. You're 50% instead of 100% or 0% or more. Correct. Yeah. Don't, don't put in a four. Uh, so for fo- folks who don't know, there's a five-star defensive lineman, David Stone, who... Top 10. Seen, yeah, like... We seem to, his Avi has long been him in Michigan State gear. We seem to be legitimately be in the running for. That's great. Um, but a, a four level, four out of 10 confidence level on a crystal ball pass. Uh, also, I don't know why you're sending that from a clicks perspective when it's signing week because generate those clicks during a lull period. Just a recommendation. Well, he did release his top 10. During Who cares? signing week. So it, it is kind of the time to do that kind of stuff. He also, in fairness, I think the one concrete thing that we can say, he announced that he specifically is having MSU as his last official visit, right? Yes, that is the understanding. And that is great news for MSU. Uh, you want to be first or you want to be last? If you're uh, the avatar and you've been picked last, it's like you're you're lasting memory of an official visit which isn't your last visit there are unofficials there's that kind of stuff but yeah uh, uh next up sense. from spartan 18770 will any msu portal commits actually start or make an impact next season yeah uh i think nathan carter for sure is going to make an impact next season the the running back uh, yeah which we didn't spend a ton of time talking about but i i suspect he will uh, and then the the running back or i'm sorry the tight end from boise state also keep an eye on him yep that's why you take portals and yep. that's the whole point you, they're going to get on the field faster greg this one's for you why do lifelong re- michigan residents drive like they've lived in florida all their lives can you explain this explain the joke for me right now i is assume that like wild this is this is weather related Oh, like after the first snow and it is just bedlam out on the yes, roads. I think that's I think that's the... it, it is funny. I, sometimes on the Internet, you'll see like Midwesterners be like, oh, these these fools don't know how to drive. And I'm like, I see you idiots every time the snow falls for the first time every year. Like I see driving on sidewalks. I see spinning out. The The best thing to me is, you know how like trucks are no longer like utility vehicles. They're now status symbols. I mm-hmm. love driving down the highway and seeing spun out vehicles and half of them are like four by four trucks. Yeah. That is to me, 
the uh the epitome of this question of like truly no one knows how to drive in in snow and uh it's a it's a change every year it's also my greatest concern of autonomous driving is that like the robots will take over all the easy driving. And then as soon as flurries start coming around, they'll be like, all right, guy that hasn't driven in four years. Congratulations. The car is yours now. Take over, please. And it'll just be a mess. So uh, I think you should be concerned that every uh, drive test on autonomous driving, uh, Tesla's run over the child. And uh, I believe seek them out like a missile. I, I think. Uh, the only thing that we're seeking out more is the bottom of Tesla stock. And I am not sad about that. Zing, zing. It's, it's fine. Uh, Elon is no longer going to be CEO. He'll just be the head of several of the departments and, you know, shadow broker. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, definitely want that CEO stepping down to a lesser station. Definitely doesn't crowd out the room. (laughs) Uh, next up sports ball. Joey asks, Ooh, uh, I I wish Plum had not stepped away for this because this is a good one for him. Uh, if you could be the college football Grinch for one night, whose Christmas would you steal and would you ever give it back? Also, who's your Max in this scenario? Um, I feel like the Max in this scenario has to be Mac Christie. Uh, I could see he just feels like if you put a horn on him, that would just be adorable. Okay. Um. All right. But. I think we all have to be real here. It's Michigan. Yeah. Yeah, like... I'm bothered they've been there twice now. I'm lying if I've said otherwise. If, if we say sure. otherwise. And, and, and yeah, I mean, the other thing... You, that they have a for. path to a national championship game. They're is probably going to be playing in the natty. Uh, and then I hope that Georgia stomps them. Because the only way that I feel better is if they are stomped. I mean, they got stomped last year. For yeah, some no, I reason, want that again. Our stomping to Alabama still gets talked about to this day. Their stomping from Georgia last year, not talked about. Interesting. Interesting. Uh, well, apparently what's good for me is not good for thee. Uh, so. Uh, as if father, on the subject of, uh, of the I'm Curious where this goes. I'm curious your perspective it seems that if anything's gone viral this Christmas, it's this fad of like the Grinch comes into the house and steals all of the gifts. Um, how do you feel about that? <laughs> that viral sensation? Yeah, so I'm bothered by... Oh, this isn't a good idea? <laughs> so, uh, I, I, there's, there's part of it that's very funny. But there, I saw one video of this where the children literally attacked the Grinch, like throwing punches. And if you look at that as a parent and say, I'm cool with my kid throwing punches because at someone the Grinch. took a, a present from them. Yeah. <laughs> Let's circle all the way back to our conversation about toxic masculinity. Uh, it is. In fairness to those children, also an intruder. Not just someone stealing a gift, but an intruder in the home. Yeah, but they but they were protecting property. Sure. They were not worried about themselves. Sure. Yes, that's true. Uh, and so, and either way, I, I won't speak for anyone else. 
but I, anytime my son uh, lays hands as a response to something, there is a immediate conversation. Mm. Like even, even a flailing of hands about how uh, that is not how that's supposed to work. So um, I, again, love the Grinch. My son loves reading the Grinch. The Grinch is an all-time character, an all-time character. Mm-hmm. But I am bothered by this. That that I like how there's all these parents out there that are like, years of therapy bills are worth these forty thousand internet points that I'm gonna get off of this video. <laughs> I like. What if my son? What it like? If I took a present from my son. Like in front of him, it was like, "Oh, you were you did something bad. I'm taking this from you." I know there would be a temper tantrum, but I know he wouldn't attack me. And like that, mm, I don't care for that. It really, it like it bothers me. Anyway, uh, next up, oh, plump. By the way, Max, the uh, the dog slash reindeer. We've decided Max Christie should be the dog. That's only reindeer. fair. Only fair. All right. Uh, next up, Ali. Let's talk identities. General feeling is that the football program lacks an identity. Is the identity actually, let's get the nicest toys we can and then see what we can do with them. Apart from the trenches, I'm not sure how any of these guys fit or what they bring. Hmm. Uh, You guys have been following the recruiting closely. You want to talk about this? I, I personally never really get a feel for the recruits for a few years like i i i mean maybe ali maybe you do i don't usually um i th- this question about the football program lacking an identity i kind of maybe disagree with that oh a little interesting bit. i would like to go back to this team had opportunities to quit in a number of games including games that they were really far behind and they ended up losing and they didn't, they just didn't quit. I think not quitting and not giving up is its own identity. And one that this program, it's not aspirational. It's one that it's demonstrated several times. Um, It's not been perfect. You know, I think we all in this podcast think that this team should be going to a bowl game given the circumstances that were offered at the program, but it's not, but um would you agree though that there's a schem- there's not a schematic identity, right? Like no, you, there's definitely Pat, not. Yeah, Pat Narduzzi w- flailed for a few years, but you knew what his identity was. Sure. Yeah. No. No. Um, Palm, what do you think? Is there an identity to this team? No. No. <laughs> okay. No. Uh, but I, I do. I do think people lose sight of what you just said, Greg. Uh, about about the the don't quit in this team, mm-hmm. which as as Mel Tucker accumulates more talent, you don't want to go by way of Jimbo, right? Like you right. want to uh, you want to keep that. Um, and also, Ali, don't sleep on the trenches. <laughs> like that is where we've been bad. This is this is, was a big haul for this this class, but it's going to take a minute to develop. Yeah. Uh, next up from Ali, uh, Plum, continuing with identities, my neighbors uh, have me sign their Christmas gifts to their kids as Santa oh, to God. preserve his true identity. When did you guys stop believing in Santa? 
I don't remember. I love the commitment though. That's a great that neighbor. Is, yeah. I I also don't remember. I do remember that I pushed back when my parents sat me down at probably age like uh, 14 um, and <laughs> finally walked me through it. I do remember that I was like, no, no. <laughs> um, But yeah, would you, Plum, if you, as not a father currently, would you do Santa? Because it's kind of like a trendy millennial thing to kind of skip the Santa thing. Would you? Gotta do Santa. Gotta do it. Okay. Gotta do it. Finally, from all wait, the- wait, hold on. Is the question is plum as a father? If he was a father, would are millennials skipping Santa? There are some millennials that are skipping Santa. Millennials are canceling Santa. Are we millennials? We're not millennials. We're yes, we are. are. Are we millennials? We're like kind of elder millennial. Is that yeah. is that so, Gen Y or Gen Y the millennials? Is that us? Yeah. So here's my tidbit for people who are looking for it convenience factor to santa in my growing up santa didn't wrap gifts so they were just sort of propped up by the tree oh um and then yeah and and so here's the thing as you parent are not interested in waking up at six in the morning Mm -hmm. uh you have a way to go downstairs and have them entertained. Mm. They can open the stocking. They can do the presents that are out there. And then you can get your coffee, your energy drink, whatever you may need. You may even be able to take a shower like my mother <laughs> did. She would be like, no, we're taking a pause here. Uh, play with your toys, peon. And then, uh, and and that that is the greatest Christmas tradition I've inherited from my mother, is the great pause. Mm-hmm. So Santa gives you a break. Okay. Anyway, that's all I got. All right. My dad used millennials to canceling Santa. I don't know how they selected which parent, which gifts came from them and which gifts came from Santa, but the ones that came from Santa, my dad would, my dad hand wrote these were to us and they were signed from S Claus. <laughs> I've never forgotten that. At, like he would use his initial. <laughs> Why would he do that? It doesn't. But only one of them. Just S clause. This is so like good. A, like an attorney. <laughs> yeah, it's just clause uh, and associates. So anyway, we we still give each other gifts and sign it S clause to each other as adults. Oh, that's good. Oh, I love that. That's nice. Next up from Tyrone, uh, my wife and I had a Christmas trip planned to New York, and the wait, Spartans- you missed. You missed. Finally, happy holidays from Ali. Can't read, can't write team. I'm very thankful for this new parasocial relationship I have built with you guys <laughs> over the past few months. And I'm looking forward to the can't read, can't write tailgate for the Washington game in East Lansing. Which we will certainly do. And uh, Ali, we will furnish you with uh, Fireball Reserve. Uh, yes. Mostly because Jones and I are sad that we haven't met you yet. And it's highly, And we highly, saw Kevin be social it's, in a way it's, that... We're, it, uncomfortable inconsistent with his character uh, inappropriate probably maybe immoral yeah very bizarre anyway next up tyrone couch my wife and i had a christmas trip planned in new york city and the spartans ended up playing in the pinstripe bowl her master's graduation is in seattle in july and the tigers are playing the mariners should i just book a trip to atl atlanta to see msu in the cfb now yeah please do yeah Manifest these things for us, Tyrone, obviously. Uh, next up, uh, now that the Lions have lost and become MSU light, will 
Was that interesting? Okay. Uh, will anyone watch the NFL playoffs? I find them as pointless as that concoction of vinegar and water that wore 79. Hmm. Mm, the Jarrett Horst uh, vitriol. <laughs> Just direct wow. shot without being a direct shot. Wow. Um, uh, We're not an NFL podcast uh, for a variety of reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say there are things that Dan Campbell does that make me want to be a fan of him. Mm. Sure. Um, uh, after this most recent game they lost, I, I saw the clip of him going around social media where he, uh, went up to the coach that, uh, the head coach and said that was an ass kicking good job. And I, I like that owning of the, you know, what just happened to you. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I don't care about the NFL, generally speaking. Sure. As a taxpayer in Detroit, Plum, your thoughts on the Detroit Jared, football Lions? Jared Goff fucking sucks. Have you seen a fucking quarterback throw that Jesus many blocked Christ. passes in one game? <laughs> a Christ almighty. A, a professional. professional paid money. Peyton Thorne doesn't even do that. I mean, and I just... What a sham. I it, it, Fuck... It, they can't get out of their own way. Anyway. Finally, uh, two things from Tyrone Couch. Rant of the week, my son. <laughs> I hope he's not a listener. Yeah, I think this is. <laughs> I hope he is. I hope he is. Listen to listen to dad's rant of the week. <laughs> and uh, breaking news bonus. Are Michigan fans pissed that Windman is coming back? We didn't talk about this. Of their school leaders being weasels. Most will claim he isn't good, and I'm sure they are worried. Uh, uh, oh, because he was involved. They're bothered by this. Yes. Uh, so for those who don't know, Jacoby Windman um, is returning to MSU. We didn't talk about linebacker in the recruiting class. We picked up one. Uh, depth there is not fantastic, but whatever. Um, and But this is a big deal. Uh, Jacoby Winman was a three-time player of the week uh, for MSU on defense and Big Ten player the of the Big week. Big Ten on defense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then a one-time national player of the week. Um, I don't know that there's anyone who could say they were coming back that's as consequential as Jacoby Winman. Um, also, we're being consistent in not saying that Jacoby Winman should be uh, dismissed from the program. We never said that, and we continue. Definitely to did. Definitely didn't say that. Uh, D4 Spartan asks, did any of you get a fishing pole for Christmas? This is a callback, I feel like, to my parents. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Mom. You're a, people are a fan of Dad's gifts now. No, I did not. Uh, I'm more worried about giving the fishing pole. Sorry, uh, Linda Jones, uh, than receiving it. And uh, I think we did okay. It's tricky. I've got a bunch of nieces and nephews and I do definitely I will admit I know the number of their parents are listening I watch I it's a competition I watch and I think we did okay uh this year on the on the fishing pole o meter plum any fishing poles for you nope not a finger uh Next up from D4 Spartan, uh, should we be fine with Jay Johnson and Scotty based on their recruiting? 
Well, Scotty well, only pulled well, in well, one well, recruit. Yeah, I'm like, what the fuck with him? And then Jay Johnson? Jay Johnson! They both only pulled in one recruit, both of them four stars. Mm-hmm. Two four-star quarterbacks in a row. Ah! Uh, no! Risers. We don't need any quarter. That's the other thing. I, I get that you, on principle, <laughs> we need a, a quarterback every fucking cycle. But my God, we, we have nine that we're never going to use because we insist on Peyton Thorne destroying the team. Meanwhile, we have negative running backs and we have wide receivers who offers offer lists include Idaho State. Ah! <laughs> oh, my God. Where is Gene Johnson in this mix? No. No, 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 no. Pay him to not Peyton, do that. If Peyton Thorne is passed on the depth chart, is Peyton Thorne a quarterback? He should be a tight end like uh, Hamp Fay. <laughs> or safety, depending on which service you ask. On the day. Uh, and finally, from D4 Spartan, uh, when should we panic about special teams? Uh, I think we kind of talked about this indirectly uh, late January, right? Yeah, though we can be pleased with the kicker we pulled out. But from a leadership perspective, late January. Yes, yes. Uh, next up from Carl, you do too much, bro. Now that Ishbia's nefarious double secret donor contract is the public domain, can we pr- pressure him into a quote, allowed to fire Ross L's out of a cannon clause so that he's exercising some actual uh, coercive control over the team as shadowy billionaire boosters are wont to do. Uh, I like I like the idea of like luring Rozelle's into the into the big Acme branded cannon that <laughs> gets fired out. <laughs> That's good. Acme branded is exactly right. Uh, it's cheaper than buying the Suns, Matt. Um, <laughs> Next up from Nate C. Any uh, get anything good for Christmas? Uh, I'll go. Uh, yes, my uh, my wife spent way too much money on me and oh. bought me a Traeger grill mm-hmm. um, that I am really excited about. Wow. Um, and uh, and then my in laws and my parents both chipped in on some gift cards to get us a new dishwasher. Um, which is not going to be fun. Uh, but you have to open and close it multiple times for it to get running. Like TBD on how many times? 20 plus times to get it to run. As multiple people, Jonesy, you pointed out to me after the last podcast, I sort of created the expectation that we could buy our own dishwashers. You're kind of ruining it. You're taking the shame <laughs> off of things for us. My, uh, uh, the copyright on my dishwasher is 2001. You meanwhile, frugal right meanwhile, now. our 1970s dishwater is uh, still still working well. You guys the, are uh, really ruining what I, uh, what I made different. Yeah, yeah, made made different. Ooh, that makes me feel sick. Wood pellet uh, grill, Michael Jones. Yeah, it's an offset smoker. I'm like, boy. Really excited about this. like uh, it's a toy. Traeger she knows you. She knows you. It, well, you come out here and get. Uh, we can do some pork butt. We can do some. Uh, mm. Uh, some uh, uh, brisket, some ribs. Come on out. That's great. I'm sipping on a a broccoli over here. Uh, I got Mm. some tools. I got some MSU gear. I got uh, some. Will those tools help you with the the toilet? I am a tool. uh, And and, uh, the toilet is fixed, actually. What? 
How did you sleep on this? Updates. Updates. I should have let you guys know all of this. Wow. Um, Hurtful. Uh, so really, really uh, happy with with, uh, with Christmas is here. Um, next up. And all years, of course. Uh, where were we? Uh, next up from Nate C. Uh, what is your favorite Christmas song? Mine is Baby It's Cold Outside because it's hilariously cringy. Uh, this feels like the only Christmas song that Dennis Reynolds would enjoy. Uh, yeah, it should be parenthetical implicate the implication. Um, I, I was listening, we were listening to the Apple music. Uh, we, we hosted some of the Christmas stuff this year and we had the Apple music like holiday, uh, thing on. There were a lot more diversity of Christmas songs than I usually hear. Um, and there was some good solid christmas songs out there if anyone has worked retail you know that retail will eat kill it christmas songs and just play them until you want to die no such thing or or kill santa these things yeah uh plum do you have a favorite uh of course uh i thought that everyone's favorite was the same as mine is it not (laughs) melakalikimaka I thought you were going to go Grandma Got Ran Over by Rainer on that one. Not my favorite. Not my favorite. Maybe it should be. Next up, and finally from Nate C, I made the mistake of coming back to Michigan for Christmas. What excuse can I use in the future to keep from having to do this? (laughs) I get it. I get it. Dude, we had a beautiful white Christmas here in East Lansing. I know that there were other parts of the country that were very, very adversely affected by uh, the bomb vortex or whatever we're calling it. I feel awful for those people, but it resulted in a very nice, very fluffy white Christmas here. Um, and I can't complain. It was, it was not too cold either. It was like a nice, like you got the snow and it wasn't too cold type of situation. DTE is loving it, Alex. What do you think? They really, really, really do. I, uh, yikes, I don't know. I, I'm sad you didn't let us know you were in town, Nate. Uh, yeah, did you leave? On the podcast. Well, on the podcast, but I mean, you got to follow up. There's Twitter, there's, I'm sure he has your cell phone. He must have someone's cell phone. I don't know. No one's cell phone? Maybe not. Whatever. If he still needs Lansing, he might be going to a hockey game. You guys should join him. You, you, th- this was the perfect week to have a Jeep in Michigan with all the snow. Snow jeeping. It's a whole Snow thing. Snow deep. Uh, next up, Mamapalief. Izzo donned an elf sweater, a.k.a. ugly Christmas sweater, at the Oakland game and even danced around a bit in it, taking the technical call. Not a good look. Does, doesn't Ishbia have some spare change in his pocket to use to dress up Izzo and onto the cover of GQ? Yep. Yep. That's it. That's it. <laughs> Nailed it. Not a, Mamapalief. Not a fan, apparently. Not on board. Uh, Campy's very disappointed in you, I believe. Uh, Campy had the better of the two by a lot. Sure. Well, in fairness, he had it already, and then Izzo had to go and figure things out. Uh, next up from Mamopoli, thinking ahead, is there a New Year's resolution that you'd like to assign each of your co-hosts? Mean Mamopoli. I've already upset my co-host with the last kind of question uh, like this, uh, taking the temperature of the room. 
But uh, go ahead. What do you guys got? Plum, anything you'd like to assign? Hmm. Hmm. No, I think they both know their weaknesses and will take, uh, well, they will endeavor to improve them. Mm, that sounds fair. Everything. Yeah. Next up and last up from Amopolis, today is Boxing Day. So what did you share with the poor and or give to your servants? Plum, as the only one with servants' quarters in their home. So true. I do. Um, what What did you give to your servants? I know this counts. Uh, nothing, uh, to be fair. I, what, you didn't give anything to your servants? No, uh, we didn't fire them. Is that helpful? Mm-hmm. I always give a very good tip to my barber. It seems like the right thing to do. I mean, it's not a servant by any means, but you know what I mean? Like, do, do you guys find yourselves making sure that you take care of your the, the I, people in your life that are, you know, important to your well-being? I, I do. I, I take care of the barber. Um, I, I tend to go to a cheap barber shop where I can tip an amount that makes me feel like very superior. <laughs> just good. like, Ooh, look who dropped a 40% tip that's over good. here yeah, with good. $7. <laughs> it's really good. One of the benefits of living in Michigan is there are some very affordable barber shops around town. Um, Jonesy, what about you? Uh, yeah, we, um, uh, for the first time had our home cleaned by a service and they'd been here two weeks. Uh, like they'd, it was their second time coming rather. And so I was very torn on what is the appropriate holiday tip for someone a, who's been in, two weeks. Yeah. Like, yes, uh, that was a, that was a bit of a, a I, I definitely with, and with plum on tip the barber more. Um, I got told that tipping the postal carrier is a normal thing. Oh shit. Yeah, or yeah. giving you like a yeah something that is, and we didn't do that. Oh, we've done that, that in years past. We have a new one this year. I have no idea what this person's name is. I don't know what to write on the card to right? indicate to them to pick it up. Do I just write U.S. Postal Carrier? Yeah, you just write our letter carrier. That's it. Yep. I don't know what happened to Amy, but we had a real thing going, and I haven't seen her in months. I'm oh. worried, um, and I don't know what to do with this new guy. Mm. all right next up mr neurotic pants do you guys ever have a three-man shower to conserve water and energy <laughs> next up from mr <laughs> don't let our secrets out mr neurotic pants uh why do you think msu was able to out recruit colleges with stronger football programs what i'm not yeah. sure that happened in this case we had we had folks sniffing around for some of our players for sure, but I don't know that. The, I think the only even then I don't. The the I mean, if you're following the narratives, the big bad in this class was Miami, and, and to a degree, would, Ole Miss. And and I would say yes, Miami's had some big wins, like before we were a, like walking, um, effectively. So, and there's someone that we beat last time. I would think that we're a higher profile program than Miami, higher profile program than Ole Miss. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, what the fuck's going on? I disagree with the premise of this question, Mr. Erotic Pants. Am I wrong? Uh, I think it, I think some of the offer lists that we shouted out for some of the players were pretty high level. But the thing to remember about offer lists is they're not all committable sure 
So just because someone had a Bama offer doesn't mean that the person gets to say, yeah, I'll go there. And Nick Saban will welcome them with open arms. Or that they're going to play. I mean, yeah, you're looking at the position group and the relative strength in it. I mean, yeah. And yeah, I, I think we landed uh, the kind of class that we expect MSU to be able to land consistently. Yeah. That, Agreed. like, I, I think, no, we didn't outfight anyone that we don't feel like we have a place outfighting. But I need okay. to understand what Ole Miss is doing in the NIL landscape because that doesn't make any sense. It still doesn't make any sense. There's no competition at running back at our school right now. Despite yeah, Eli Collins butter. being fantastic. It, is there still a logo that involves the Confederate flag there? Probably. Mm, don't understand that at all. Yeah. It's the uh, Jerry Freshwater effect. Next up from, and last up from uh, Mr. Roy Pants, I was told blowing off someone's wedding for the C- MSU-CMU game. Uh, that doesn't make sense. The game was unacceptable. Oh, so can we agree next year's meetup is for the Richmond game? Mm. Um we may be, uh, Greg and I are scheming on the side about blowing off someone's wedding, depending on what weekend <laughs> they are doing it. <laughs> I, might, I might be traveling to what country is it? <laughs> uh, that's good. We'll be in Michigan for at least two weekends next year. So one of them will be at a football game. One will invite you to a party. Don't <laughs> One will decidedly it. not be at a football game. <laughs> uh, all right. Last up, Upper Deck Jerk Guy. Plum, what is your best Max Christie memory? <laughs> uh, well, there was that horrible, uh, fiery plane crash that he was in. Um, that, was a, that was a dream. That was a dream. Shit, not a memory. That was a dream. <laughs> Damn it. I get those confused sometimes. I don't have a single good Max Christie memory because even the times he was good, he was bad. Uh, so it's hard. I, it's hard to remember. I will co-sign on that sentiment, though, that like I don't have a Max Christie memory. We talked about this in our group chat because he had that big shot for the Lakers. And I was like, yep. I forget that he exists. <laughs> yep. He had an yeah. opportunity to be a real contributor, to be a real guy. Chose not to be. I can't wish him anything but the worst in his future pursuits. I wish we had this version of Tyson Walker because Max Christie would have not played. It's true. Um, next up, Upper Deck Jerk Guy. Why no talk about the top 25 wrestling team? Well, this is the first time I'm hearing of it. And okay. also, it's Penn State versus Iowa every year. That's not yeah. the Big Ten nationally. That's it. That's who matters. I think yeah. Iowa was on a 30-year national champ streak. like. That's it. I mean, we had a really good wrestler when we were in school, but like, I also remember like Central being a more competitive wrestling program than ours. So, I, like, eh, eh, is that what happens in the upper deck, jerk guy? Like, wrestling yes. happens up there? Is that what the appeal is? That Finally, can any of the new transfers come to close, uh, come close to canine type impact? No. I mean, that's the I, fact. He, he, he's the best football player I've ever seen. Yeah. And and is proving it out in the NFL. Like, but, no. isn't that, but isn't that the point of the question? How the fuck would you know? We didn't know. No one knew. That's the point. Uh, sure. You, right. Well, isn't that like sort of John L. logic, right? <laughs> you, you, came, you came from behind by 35 against Northwestern, so you could do it against anybody. That's right. Yep. So sure, maybe, but I'm not 
putting money on it. And th yeah. there was reason to believe that K9 might be special going into that season. Not as special as he ended up being. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But and I don't ever could anticipate the the level that we that he was going to produce at. Yeah, but I I don't see anyone in this this transfer class that is that special. I mean, or, he or has probably the, the best single season MSU football player of all time. Sure. Yeah. Oh, there's yeah for sure. That's I, I'm like I invite people to come back in and be like low white or whatever you want to say. But like, yeah, I was, wasn't yeah. there for the game of the century. But, but, but even that was that an eleven-win season? I mean, my God, they, they all tie back to Kenneth Walker. Also, I mean, even if that that was a different game, and and you can't eat compare the the level of athleticism and his ability to. I mean the 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 vision and the I I it, pass like he he's better than Le'Veon Bell yeah like I I I have zero qualms about Correct. saying that Correct. and he likely will be a better pro. I so, watched every Le'Veon Bell game while he was here, and I watched every Kenneth Walker game while he was here. And if you had to have me choose one, I would choose Kenneth. I wish we had him for four years. Correct. I would I would take him as a freshman. Like, oh, it's not even close. I, there's there's zero reason to believe anything about this class is going to be that special, and uh, and there's there's zero reason to believe that any player is going to be that special until we're proven otherwise. Because that's I just I feel really strongly that's how good he. It, it's like saying someone's going to outdo Cassius. Until that happens, I, I just don't believe it will happen. Um, and it, it will someday, but like I'm not going to bet on any one player as much as I want Jeremy Fears to be great. Anyway, gentlemen, Merry Christmas. Happy New Year's. This episode went way too long. Alex Plum is done clipping coupons. Cheers. Keep chopping, baby. Keep chopping. <laughs> Go green. Go ahead. Go ahead. Quoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline.